Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give, and there's no regular commitment. Just click the link in the show description to support now. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com slash style for free shipping and 365-day returns. All right. Oscar nominations are out. Snubs and potential dubs. Let's talk about it. what's up y'all welcome back to another episode of all right let's talk about it where we do film reviews and film industry commentary this here would fall under film industry commentary because we're talking about the oscar nominations that dropped this morning this morning being january 24th and i've been all over social media the last couple of hours just figuring out what people are saying what people are thinking engaging in all of the drama it's it's fun for me i love this my favorite time of the year i think i've mentioned that before uh this is oscar season so the golden globe sag awards oscars i live for this um so someone's gonna ask people still care about this clearly i'm making a whole episode about it again this is so much fun for me and i want to bring you into my fun so we're going to talk about the nominations that happened today the snubs that happened well, didn't happen, and how people are in an uproar over whatever. But before we even get into the nitty gritty of all of that, I want to make sure we're all under the same page. I noticed a lot on Twitter, there are some misconceptions over eligibility for these certain organizations and voting rules. So we're just going to do kind of a bare overview over the difference because I know with the Oscars and everybody does this, this isn't necessarily wrong, that when we're predicting the Oscars, we're using the Golden Globes and the SAG Award nominations as a precursor. Well, by the time we get Oscar nominations, the Golden Globes have already happened. All we have are SAG nominations. So we're using those to kind of figure out, okay, who's thinking what? But it's kind of hard to predict and determine because unlike what most people think, these are three separate voting blocks. Now, these members may cross over, but for the most part, these are three separate voting blocks. The Hollywood Foreign Press Association, which hosts the Golden Globes, it's in the name, Hollywood Foreign Press. So these are journalists, photojournalists, print publications, radio. You have to be part of some recognized publication or organization of some kind. Um, if you are independent, then you have to have the resume to show. But that's who's voting in the Golden Globes in that respect. The SAG Awards, Screen Actors Guild, it's in the name again, 
Screen Actors Guild. Guild being an old word for a union. And there are multiple guilds. You have Producers Guild, Directors Guild, uh, whatever the guild is for cinematographers. I forget what it's called. It's probably just Cinematographers Guild, but I can never remember what it's called. But you have the Screen Actors Guild. It's a union. So the voting block are the members of the Screen Actors Guild. And that is strictly actors, acting awards, um, and stunt work. Then you have the Oscars, which is a little more complicated. Getting into the Oscars is no easy feat. So how does one get into the Oscars first and foremost? There are two different ways. The first way being the most obvious, you have to be nominated. If you are nominated for an Oscar, no sponsorship required. We'll talk about that in a second. Um, You get an automatic invitation to join the Academy. The second way is sponsorship. Um, There's no application process for the Oscars. You can't just go online, submit an application. You have to be sponsored by two current Academy members. And they do this once a year, springtime. I think the deadline just passed. Yes, January 6th is the deadline to submit whoever it is you want to sponsor. So, yeah, membership reviews take place once a year in the spring. The deadline to consider someone for membership is in January. But yeah, so you have to, there's eligibility requirement for that as well. You can't just be you know, new on the block and decide you want to be a part of the academy. No, you have to have a very distinctive resume showing that you have a profound impact on whatever field. And by whatever field, I mean, look at the categories. You have your acting categories, direction, visual effects, sound effects, um, production design, costuming. And so when you are wanting to be part of the cat- a part of the academy, you are wanting to be a part of one of these categories. So if you are nominated for an acting Oscar, you are considered for acting. If you are nominated for direction, you are considered for directing. You when it, you join the academy, you are joining for one of these categories. And when it comes for voting for the academy awards, um you are only voting in your category. So actors vote for actors, directors vote for directors, writers vote for writers. Make sense? And then writers get, you know, you know, actors vote for their best supporting, best lead, best whatever. And then everyone gets a hand in best picture. So the best picture is the ultimate wild card. <laughs> so it's it's really hard to kind of figure out what people are thinking. However, this is an industry that studies the same subject and they're all looking at the same thing and they've all been taught to kind of look at it the same way. So once the Golden Globe nominations and the Critics' Choice nominations come out, you can get a pretty idea of what the SAG Awards and even the Oscars are going to look like. Now, something else that I hear a lot is... You know, uh, how, why are these films being nominated? Nobody has seen them. Again, um, this isn't about how well a film does in theaters. It's not. A, this is not about the box office. This is not a popularity contest. Most of these films were not watched in theaters by the voting block. They have what are called screeners, and so you, if you, you have to do this within a certain amount of time, um, fairly early. What you do is you sub, you know, send your film off to a company who turns your movie into a DVD format and they produce multiple DVDs to send out to all of these different voting blocks, Critics' Choice, Screen Actors Guild, Oscars, and so on and so forth. Because these are like people working in the industry. They don't always have time to drop by the theater. And also because so many of these movies that are Oscar bait films, they're limited release, like Women Talking. I That came out, golly, um, December. I want to say Christmas week is when that film was released or sometime before that. 
it's it's finally getting a wide release. It got a wide release last week, and it's finally coming to New Orleans this week. I'm seeing it on Friday. You know, the movie's been out for over a month. I'm not seeing it until today, way past the deadline for voting for the Oscars. So they send out screeners. So these screeners will often get to the voting whoever way before the film ever makes it to theaters. And that's how a lot of them vote. Does that make sense? So there was a movie that came out several years ago called Selma about Martin Luther King, which got, I think, very few nominations. I think it made Best Picture, which is not saying a whole lot because that was one of the years where the Best Picture list was 10 pictures long, which upsets my nerves a little bit, but we can talk about that another time. And it also got nominated for Best um, Original Song. I forget what the song is, but I know it was John Legend and I think Common. But it didn't get nominated for every, for anything else. And people were highly upset about it. Screaming racism, yada, yada, yada. Why didn't this film get nominated for other things? Screeners. The film didn't make it to the screeners in time. So screeners were not sent out and people didn't watch it. People didn't see it. Um, not to say that people who vote can't go to the theaters, you know, particularly Critics' Choice and whatnot. But... A lot of the people who are voting don't have time to go to a movie. They're going to watch these movies at home. So if you don't get your film on a DVD in time, it's not going to get voted on. That's just how it works. So are we all up to speed? Do we all understand anything? If you have any questions, drop it in a comment section. I will answer to the best of my ability. Now, let's talk about all the things that got nominated. Whoo, I'm excited. While watching the Oscar nomination announcements this morning, I was very curious because I heard a lot of repeats. Um, It's not unusual for one film to have multiple nominations. It just seemed kind of out of the box for so many films to have such a large number of nominations. Um, again, but not, it, it just seemed like a lot. So I was very curious how many films actually got nominated. So me being me, I actually went to Wikipedia, pulled up the list of nominations, and I wrote down all the names of the films that got nominated, not including the films nominated in international film, documentary, documentary feature, documentary short, live short, animated short, and animated feature. Um, because truth be told, those are the categories I care the least about. Those are also the films I have the least amount of access to. It just is what it is. Um, hopefully, I'm hoping to change that this year. I want to watch more foreign language films and get over my fear of subtitles. So I wrote down all the names of the films and the other categories that were nominated. And I came up with a list of 25 individual films that were nominated. And out of the 25 that were nominated, I've seen nine. Now, that might seem like a low number, but to me, that's good. That's good. It's so much better. I feel I'm so proud of myself for putting in the work to make sure that I do the thing I've been wanting to do, which is to see as many Oscar nominated films as possible. But I have a month and a half to catch up and I want to try to see at least 20 of the 25. If we can get there, um, I feel like I'll be in a good spot to be able to actually kind of engage with the award show on the 12th. Oh, I can't wait. So excited. So 
Now, here's the other thing that's kind of funny to me. Um, so 25 individual films were nominated outside of the six categories I mentioned, nine of which I've seen. I've seen 44 films in 2022. 44 films. Out of the 44 films that I saw in 2022, only nine were nominated for some kind of Academy Award. That's insane. But that, I think, also kind of gives you an idea as to the standard that has to be met in order to even get to this point. Because how many new films release every weekend? Anywhere between like one and three films release every weekend and there are 52 weekends in a year. And only 25 get some kind of recognition for being great. That's just interesting to me. But this year to me, I I think was a lot different. Um, in that the standard was incredibly high. I mean, these, there were some great, incredible films this year, incredible, great films this year, um, just out of the box. And I think that made it harder for a lot of crowd pleasers to get any kind of recognition. And I'm seeing that on social media, people thinking that this, 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 and the third should have been nominated and it wasn't. And I'm trying to hold my opinion back because I'm like, you know what? Let them feel however they want to feel. It's in my business. And we'll talk about that in a second. So let's kind of go through these nominations real quick um, and just figure out what I've seen and what I still need to see. So starting with the big honcho, best picture, um, the German film, All Quiet on the Western Front, which is currently on Netflix, Avatar, The Way of Water, The Banshees of Inishirin, Elvis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, The Fablemans, Tar, Top Gun, Triangle of Sadness, and Women Talking. So I'll see Women Talking on Friday. I will try my hardest to see the rest of Everything Everywhere All at Once before then. And once I see those two films, I'll have seen seven out of the ten. That's pretty good for me. I still need to see Avatar. But, you know, again, I just have to convince myself to sit down for three hours in a theater for the second time in less than two months. And then I also need to find a way to watch Triangle of Sadness. If they don't re-release that into theaters, which they probably will, AMC always does a Best Picture Showcase. So it is possible that I'll get to see this film before the Oscars at an AMC theater somewhere. So that will be amazing. So yeah, Avatar, All Quiet on the Western Front, and Triangle of Sadness are the ones I need to find a way to watch. Best Director, we have Daniel Kwan and Daniel Scheinert. From Everything Everywhere All at Once, Todd Field, Tar, Martin McDonough for The Banshees of Inishirin, Ruben Ostland from Triangle of Sadness, and Steven Spielberg for The Fablemans. I think it's going to be between the Daniels and Steven Spielberg. Steven Spielberg did win Best um, Director at the Golden Globes. I forget who won for the Critics' Choice Awards, but I I feel like the Golden Globes are a little more in line with the Oscars. So I, I think it's it could be a toss-up. It's going to be a toss-up between those two for Best Director, for sure. Best Actor, Austin Butler for Elvis, Colin Farrell for The Banshees of Inishirin, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, Paul Mescal for After Sun, Bill Nye for Living. The only two films on this list I need to see, After Sun and Living. Uh, Brendan Fraser for The Whale, I think is going to take it, if not him, Colin Farrell. Austin Butler being nominated for Elvis, I am so happy for him. I can't think of anyone else that would have fit into this category. 
Uh, but Austin Butler getting his nod for this. Um, well done, sir. I am very happy for you. I think he deserves it. The lack of nominations for or any recognition for Tom Hanks is really shocking to me. Really kind of out there. But to me, I felt like he was more, I felt like Tom Hanks was more the lead than Austin Butler. Even though the movie is about Elvis, the movie is not told from Elvis's perspective. It's told from his manager's perspective. It's an a movie about Elvis, but it's not his story. And I think that's the tragic part of that film is Elvis never got to live the life that he wanted. He was living the life of his manager. And that's the tragedy of it all. But beautiful film if you've never seen it. I believe it's still on HBO Max. Best Best Actress, Kate Blanchett and, uh, for Tar, Anna DeArmas for Blonde, Andrea Riseborough for Two Leslie. I have never heard of that film until today. But apparently they campaigned hard for that one. And they didn't start campaigning until voting started smart move on their point make it fresh so that people know what to look for michelle williams for the fablements and michelle yao for everything everywhere all at once kate i've said it a thousand times i'll keep saying it kate blanchett duh anyways moving on best supporting actor brendan gleason for the banshees of inna brian tyree henry for causeway a movie filmed right here in new orleans judd hirsch for the fablements barry keegan for the banshees of inna sheeran key Oh, I'm never going to Quan key data from <laughs> the Goonies, everything, everywhere, all at once. I think he is the shoe in for this award. I would love to see one of the guys from Banshees win, but I think data is going to win it one day. I'm gonna get the man's name, right? But not today, Angela Bassett. So we're going over to best supporting actress, Angela Bassett for black Panther, Wakanda hung Chow for the whale, Carrie Condon for the Banshees of Inishirin. Jamie Lee Curtis, Everything Everywhere All at Once, and Stephanie Hugh, Everything Everywhere All at Once. So Everything Everywhere All at Once is an all four not not uh, acting co- categories. No, that's not true. They're in three of the four. So there's no one for best actor um, because Michelle Yao basically carried that film. So everyone else is supporting. So they have four acting nominations in three categories. That's incredible. Congratulations for them. But I think Angela Bassett is probably going to take it. But this is the Oscars. It's a different voting block. And I think the fact that Hong Chow is in here, along with Jamie Lee Curtis, Stephanie, this is a tight category. I don't think Carrie Condon from the Banshees of Sheeran is going to get it. I'm honestly kind of surprised to see her nominated. Um, I didn't, her performance didn't stand out that much to me, but great performance. I mean, the movie is amazing. If you haven't seen the Banshees of Inishirin, best original screenplay, the Banshees of Inishirin, everything, everywhere, all at once, the Fableman's tar triangle of sadness. I think the Banshees are going to get this one. Definitely best adapted screenplay, all quiet on the Western front, glass onion, a knives out mystery living, Top Gun and Women Talking. I have the slightest idea what's going to happen to this category. I have only seen one of these. I haven't seen All Quiet yet. I haven't seen Glass Onion. I haven't seen the um the prequel, Knives Out. Don't come at me. I really don't care. Um, Haven't seen Living and I'll see Women Talking on Friday. So I'll let you know what I think. Best Animated Feature. We're going to skip that one. Best international feature. We're going to skip that one. Best document. Nope. Y'all are going to come for me. Best animated feature film. Guillermo Guillermo del Toro's Pinocchio. Marcel the Shell with Shoes On. Puss in Boots. The Sea Beast and Turning Red. 
Turning Red, that was a lot of controversy whenever it came out. Best International Film, All Quiet on the Western Front, Argentina 1985, Close, EO, and The Quiet Girl. Ireland is really showing out for the Academy Awards. You have Banshees getting acting nods, Best Picture, uh, Best Director. And now we have a, we also have, I think, um, one of the guys who's also nominated for Best Actor is Best, either Best Actor or Best, nope, Best Actor. I'm pretty sure Paul Mescal is Irish. Yep, he's Irish. And now you have an Irish film also being nominated. So kudos. Best Documentary Feature, All That Breathes, All the Beauty and the Bloodshed, Fire of Love, A House Made of Splinters, and Navalny. Okay, Best Documentary Short, Subject, The Elephant Whisperers, Haul Out, How Do You Measure a Year, The Martha Mitchell Effect, and Stranger at the Gate. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze. Relax and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to Monday.com. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Best live action short film, An Irish Goodbye, Ivalu, Le Pupil, Night Ride, and The Red Suitcase. Best animated short film, The Boy, The Mole, The Horse, I mean, sorry, The Boy, The Mole, The Fox, and The Horse, The Flying Sailor, Ice Merchants, <laughs> My Hear of Dicks, An Ostrich Told Me the World is Fake and I Think I Believe It. That's a cute title. Best original score. Okay, we're back into the categories I can talk about. All Quiet on the Western Front, uh, Vol- 
Rutger Bertelman, Babylon, Justin Hurwitz, The Banshees of Inner Sharon, Carden Bur- Carter Burwell, Everything Everywhere All at Once, Son, Son Lux, and The Fablemans, John Williams. I think this is an easy win for Babylon. If you have not heard the Babylon soundtrack, what are you doing with your life? Get it together. It's incredible. Voodoo Mama is my favorite song. I love that song. It's my favorite one to play on repeat in my car. Best original song, applause from Tell It Like a Woman. I've never heard of that film, but lyrics by music and lyrics by Diane Warren. Is that the Diane Warren that basically wrote every, yep, that same Diane Warren who basically won damn, wrote damn near everything in the 90s and early 2000s. Hold My Hand, by Lady Gaga and Blood Pop from Top Gun, Lift Me Up from Black Panther, a Rihanna song, Ryan Coogler is also has a hand in lyrics, Not To Not To from RRR, and This Is Light, This Is A Life from Everything Everywhere All At Once. Hmm. I think Not To Not To is probably going to win that one. Best Sound. All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Batman, Elvis, and Top Gun. I don't really have much to say about this one the sound in elvis it's so well done the sound it is so good oh my goodness i could go on and on but i still need to see all quiet as i said before avatar no i did not see the batman but i'm pretty sure it's still on hbo plus um top gun for sound editing i think that might take it i don't know best production design all quiet on the western front avatar babylon elvis the Fablemans. Hmm. I think Babylon might be a good contender for this one. Somewhere between Avatar, Babylon, and probably All Quiet on the Western Front. I think All Quiet on the Western Front might get that one. Best Cinematography, All Quiet on the Western Front, Bardot, False Chronicle of a Handful of Truths, Elvis, Empire of Light, and Tar. I think Tar has been a big shock for a lot of people regarding best cinematography. However, I don't find that to be a shot, a shock at all. The way the film was shot is so clever. So much of the storytelling in that film. There are two methods to the storytelling with Tar. It's Kate Blanchett's performance and the cinematography, just the overall framing of shots in that movie. And I think it's something you know to recognize. It's something that's going to stand out to you or it doesn't. Either you know what to look for, or you don't. And I think that's one of those things that's where the, the, the framing of each shot is so important. They find a way to make it so that we're paying attention to two things at once at all times. Um, you don't have a lot of back and forth dialogue with shots where we get a close up of someone's face while they're talking and then we get another close up, but you'll have moments where, um, we're watching two people sitting at a table and we're watching them both talking yet Kate Blanchett is doing something with her face that is seemingly normal, but you've never given thought to on screen because you're only seeing one person's face at a time. We're being forced to pay attention to the person speaking and then whatever the other person is doing, how they're reacting and responding. It's very clever um, camera work. Um, So no, I'm not surprised to see it here. I'm not sure who's going to win though. I've heard amazing things about All Quiet on the Western Front, but Tar would get my vote, mainly because I've seen it. (laughs) Best makeup and hairstyling, All Quiet on the Western Front, The Batman, Black Panther, Wakanda Forever, Elvis, The Whale. 
Black Panther Wakanda, I think, will be the front runner for this. All Quiet on the Western Front, I've heard amazing things with respect to the cinematography, production design, um, makeup and hairstyling and costuming. I've heard crazy amazing things. Um, but something like a Marvel is usually kind of a shoe in for something like this. I don't think so. I think the whale might give them a run for their money. I think all quiet on the Western front is a good, you know, possible front runner. The Batman, I think might be a wild card. Should anything happen? Best costume design, Babylon, Black Panther, Elvis, everything, everywhere, all at once. Mrs. Harris goes to Paris. I think Black Panther won the Oscar last time it was nominated for this category. Um, And I think one would expect them to win again. I am not so sure. This was a really tight year. Mm, Babylon. It might do it. Elvis. Everything, everywhere, all at once. This is a tight list i don't think black panther is the shoe-in people would have expected film editing the banshees of inishiran elvis everything everywhere all at once tar top gun maverick everything everywhere all at once is going to win that now i've only seen half of the film but the half that i've seen best film editing absolutely 100 i'm not going to argue tar was I, I love simplicity in, sh- in the way films are shot. So Tar is definitely more up my alley. But there's some genius in everything, everywhere, all at once. Uh, yeah, I'm surprised they didn't get an, a cinematography nomination. Did they get a production design nomination? Did I even get that far? Production design. They didn't get a production design nomination. They should have gotten a production design for that opening scene alone. But, you know, I can gripe about that another time. Best visual effects, All Quiet on the Western Front, Avatar, The Batman, Black Panther, Top Gun. I think the expectation would be Avatar winning. But again, this is a tight list. I don't know. I don't know. I think either Black Panther or Avatar would be the the clear winners here. But Top Gun was such a cleverly done film. Oh, oh, this is tight. I mean, there are definitely some clear winners here. Like, you know, you know, and I know we all know. But it can go one way or the other at the same time. You know, there are some things I expect this to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if it went in a completely different direction. So that's what got nominated. That's what I think is going to win. What got snubbed? this is my favorite part the drama of it all what got snubbed what got shut out what's got people in a tizzy and what's going to be the next hashtag on twitter and all that fun stuff again i would define snub as a movie where there was an expectation of a nomination and it didn't happen not that you wanted to get it nominated but there was a universal expectation of a nomination and it didn't happen that's how i would define a snub and then a shutout is just a movie where people were expecting at least one two or three nominations for it and it just got completely shut out no nominations at all So what got snubbed, what got shut out? I think the basics for me in terms of snubs will be the acting, the lack of acting nods for Babylon. Babylon as a picture, it's kind of mid, but when you break it 
down into the individual pieces. It's a beautiful package. And I thought part of that beautiful package was the acting. Some of the best best acting I've seen all year. I thought Marco Robbie deserved a nomination. I was surprised to see she wasn't on that list. But at the same time, I was not surprised by the list. Minus the the Andrea Risenborough. Never even heard of the movie that got nominated to Leslie. Now I got to find it because I'm curious. Um, but I was expecting Margot Robbie to get a nomination and didn't. Same with Diego Calva. I figured out of the three of them, Brad Pitt would have been the one to get a nod for Best Supporting Actor for that film. But nope. Um, some little snubs. I was sad to not see The Whale nominated for Best Adapted Screenplay. I'm happy for all the other nominations. I think Brendan Fraser is definitely going to win the Oscar. His performance is off the charts incredible. It's amazing. If you haven't seen it, please check it out. But as far as that, that's just the basic stuff for me. If there are some things, some basic snubs that you caught, let me know in a comment section. Now, the big arguments right now that have people in a tizzy, there's two big ones. The first one being the lack of female directors. The lack of female director nods for best director. You have five nominations in this category. They are all male. I have seen 10 films this year, well, 2022, that were directed by women. And out of the 10, one I can think of should get some kind of award recognition. But as good as that one was, I don't think it competes with that top five. Sorry, I have seen uh, three and a half because I've only seen half of everything everywhere all at once. So we'll just say four. I've seen four of the five that have been nominated and I can't argue with that at all. So to me, to me, Dan- the Daniels, um, Martin McDonough and Steven Spielberg, Todd Field, like that's just a given. Exceptional, absolutely exceptional. I can't think of a female director from 2022 that is of that caliber that produced something and directed something of that caliber. I can't think of one. Sorry. Maybe next year or another year. Who knows? I mean, it's a male-dominated field. What do you expect? I don't expect there to be female nominations every single year. That's just unrealistic. Especially with the expectations of the Oscars in general, women aren't directing a lot of movies like that. Not yet. Every now and then you get something that's out of the woods, crazy good, like Causeway or Women Talking, which I haven't seen yet. Um, the one movie that I thought probably would have gotten some kind of direction nomination, Watcher, Chloe Okuno from this past spring. Beautifully done. But I mean, it's a male dominated field. It's going to take a minute for women to get that equal footing in these nomination lists. It is what it is. It's a young industry. It's a young industry. I don't know what else to tell you. And the other big conversation that's happening right now that's what's, that's got so many people in a tizzy. And we hear this every year, I think, because one is never good enough. It's, even when it's a lot, it's never good enough. It's It's such a crazy conversation to me. But the lack of Black film representation in the Oscars, I think there was only one black film. I guess you could call it a black film. I wouldn't because it's Marvel. I just wouldn't call it a black film. It's just Mar- it's a Marvel film. Uh, black Panther, Wakanda Forever. It got, what, five nominations, including Best Supporting Actress for Angela Bassett. 
And then you have Brian Tyree Henry nominated for Causeway, Black Male, Best Supporting Actor. Other than that, there were no other Black films that got nominated. The two Black films I think people really expected nominations for, Till, about the Emmett Till, directed by Chinoye Chuku, and The Woman King, directed by Gina Prince Bythewood. So two female directors who were also not nominated for Best Director, and then their films were completely shut out. I expected at least two nominations for Till. I figured Till will get nominated for Best Actress, Danielle Deadweiler, and also for Best Original Song. Now, I am heavily shocked to not see the nomination for Best Original Song. I'm slightly shocked that she did not get nominated for Best Actress. I'm not a surprised at the same time and I'm also not upset I thought she gave a good performance I just didn't think it was a competitive performance the movie in and of itself just was mediocre it was not the excellence I was expecting expecting giving the subject matter I mean I could go on a whole rant about what I thought of till we don't have that kind of time I don't have that kind of time I got somewhere to be in an hour and oh Yeah, I understand people thought that was just the performance of the year. In comparison to the other women who were nominated, absolutely not. There's depth and range and every scale emotion in that list. There just wasn't that for Danielle Deadweiler. She had one emotion and she played within the range of that emotion. I blame it on the writing. I also blame it on direction because she was the only one in that movie that gave any semblance of a good performance. The acting from everyone else was so shallow on what planet so chinuye chuku the director of till she said we live in a world and work in industries that are so aggressively committed to upholding whiteness and perpetuating an unabashed misogyny towards black women um i'm not gonna even go there that's just too victim mentality for me ma'am you directed a mediocre film and your direction just wasn't that good that kind of story I expected more I expected excellence it's not what I got in terms of performances and acting Danielle Deadweiler was the only one that gave a decent performance everyone else was just so shallow and so boring and so dull their entire purpose was to lift her up Your direction for that film just wasn't good. Sorry, I don't know what to tell you. In terms of the other Black films people were expecting nominations for, I think the only other one would have been Nope, the Jordan Peele film for the summer. I don't know what crack people were smoking, talking about, that is such a good movie. On what planet? The first seven-eighths of that film were so incredibly boring. I don't understand Jordan Peele at all. I don't understand how you can sit here and talk about how you want to make sure black people are leading in films and all your films are going to have black people leads. Yet the most boring people in your films are your black leads. And then everyone who's not black, they're the ones who are providing all of the information that we need. They're the ones who are driving the story and moving it forward. Your black leads are just black faces. There's no black character. Does that make sense? That's what I got out of Nope. So yeah, no. Anyone that honestly thinks that Kiki Palmer should get a nod for Nope, you need your head examined. I said what I said, and I really don't care. But that's pretty much it. I mean, there are a lot of other films that were ex- people were expecting nominations for, but I think those were the biggest ones. But Daniel Deadweiler not being nominated, and The Woman King not being nominated, Viola Davis. Um, I was not... 
I enjoyed The Woman King. I I didn't think it was Oscar good. Does that make sense? Um, I think The Woman King would have been, um, Viola Davis would have been the only nomination that would have come out of that film. I'm just, I understand the Golden Globe and even the SAG nomination. I think she got nominated for a SAG award as well because the, the category is so much bigger because you have Best Actress in a Drama and Best Actress in a Musical Comedy, Musical or Comedy. So you're not just competing with four other women. You're competing with, in a sense, kind of, what, nine other women. So the field is much bigger when it comes to the SAG Awards and the Golden Globes. And But when you get to the Oscars, it all shrinks. Wait, I think SAG Awards got rid of their musical comedy and I can't remember. But when you get to the Oscars, everything kind of shrinks down and you have to narrow down that field. And Viola Davis and Danielle Deadweiler just didn't make the cut. I haven't seen Blonde yet. From what I've heard, the movie in and of itself is not very good, but she's incredible. Um, Ana de Armas. And then this other one, Two Leslie, which kind of popped up out of nowhere. I've never even heard of it until today, but now I got to find a way to watch it and I'm going to make it happen. I just haven't figured that out yet. But let me know what you thought. What were some of the biggest snubs that crossed your mind? Let me know in a comment section, either on Instagram or YouTube. Thank you for hanging out with me today and listening to my thoughts on the Oscar nominations. Let me know what your thoughts are. Find a comment section either on Instagram or on YouTube. And I want to hear from you. Let me know what you think. Oh, I love this stuff. I'm such a nerd. I'm a geek. So coming at the end of the week, Infinity Pool review. I'm seeing that Thursday evening. So that review will be up Friday morning. I'm also seeing women talking on Friday. So that review will probably be a little special one next Wednesday. I I can't wait to have a whole discussion. I've been waiting to see this film for so long. I, I don't know what to expect. I don't know anything about it. Somebody actually bought the book for me off of my Amazon wish list, and that was so sweet, and I appreciate it very, very much. So thank you for listening. Thank you for your love and support. If you enjoy this podcast and you would like to support me, check out the description in the bio or God, I've been on social media too long. Check out the information in the description. And I will see you guys Friday. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. 
quince.com slash style. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details.